welcome to True Ballers Podcast. We are back with Harrison, A-Benz, and the one and only Christopher D'Andrea. Always got that vodka seltzer on, on deck handy. What do you what do you go with? What what type of uh what type of vodka are you going with tonight? Tito's. Tito's Always Tito's. American Always Tito's. Made, man. For American dog made. What what is it a for what is the slogan for dog people? I'm not sure. Well, I am a dog person too, so that actually does fit. I'm in. It's like I'm in vodka. I'm, it's like vodka for dog people or something oh, like that. Well, cheers to you, Tito's, and and glad that we, you know, you were considering us to possibly be someone that you'd sponsor, Tito's. Thank you. Thank yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Very much appreciated. Not our not our sponsor yet, but we're working on it. So a lot of stuff going on. We had a big All Star break. We had a nice few days off. No basketball. We got to pick up some of the college stuff that's going on. Big. Ooh, March Madness, March Madness. March March Madness is on its way. Watch out for the fighting Illini. That's my Bra- team. Brackets just dropped. The Illini. What, what, what seed did they end up? I think they're a number one seed. They, are they a one seed? Yeah, no, they might be the number one seed. They're, they might be a number one seed because they just won the whole tournament. Um, and they got some bowlers. They got a couple of Long Island boys that play for Lutheran. They got the point guard. Um, and then they got a couple kids from the city. So tough hey. team, right? And they have the superhero with the black mask. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Dude, shock. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I don't know any of their names, but I know the guy with the black mask. Um, and yeah, Illini, I was watching them last night. They definitely have some ballers for sure. Oh yeah, bro. They just beat I'm Ohio pumped. State today. I'm 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 pumped. I'm pumped. This is a great time of year. We got March Madness. We got the trade deadline coming up. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that on this episode right now. We had some interesting transactions already come through. And yeah, let's get to it. So so let's talk quickly. We don't have to spend too much time on it because I think it's been talked about, just pounded in the media, is Blake Griffin going to the Nets. And I'll just start by saying, I'll give you my opinion first a change i think that this means absolutely nothing i think it literally doesn't matter at all it doesn't do anything for the nets i think the nets you know while they need a a big guy is that's probably their last piece and i don't think they filled the need that they that they uh that they had with this acquisition of blake griffin i think chris you said this about derrick rose and i think it's way more true for blake griffin than derrick rose but He's he's there. There people are overreacting because of his name. Like his name is Blake Griffin, and I think that's why people think that this is going to be a good addition. I heard something interesting, kind of similar to DJ, where these guys are like boys with Blake Griffin, Kyrie, KD, and the like, and they wanted him on the team. But I don't actually think that he's a good addition. He's a good fit on pretty much most NBA teams these days. He relied a lot on his physical abilities his jumping abilities, jumping out the gym back in Lob City. And now what is he not? Is he still not dunked since 2019? Is that the stat? So, yeah, I don't know. For me, I don't really see it. I don't understand it. I don't see how it helps them. But, you know, they don't even have KD, and they're currently by far the best team in the East. Not going to deny that. I probably, you know, I think a month ago I would have said the Sixers, but now that Joel's out – and clearly can't stay healthy. The Nets are right there, so you know it might not even matter. But I just don't understand the the transaction here. Um, so I think it's a it's a great pickup for the Nets. Um, honestly, they're a little thin when it comes to their big men. They had DeAndre Jordan. And I think that's just about as reliable as they get. And that's saying something just because DeAndre Jordan is towards the end of his career. Obviously, now I think this is just something that's going to shore up. You know. Uh, bigs down low and stuff um and i i I think they still might go out and try to get uh, another big out there i mean there's other bigs out there um that could possibly help them and have more uh of an input um if you put them in the lineup but blake griffin isn't a bad pickup you know when uh when the when the floor is spread out when you have kd harden Kyrie, and then you have if you go small ball with blake at the five um, KD at the four, you got Joe Harris out there, you know, the, the, the team is going to be really spread out. So there's going to be opportunities for him to score. Now I'm not going to say he's going to come in here and give you 20, 25, 30, but he could be good for 10 to 15, which is, I think what they need in some solid rebounding. 
you guys, you guys under hyping my Nets team, the team that's going to win it all. I'll tell you exactly how much Blake Griffin means to this team that's bound for a chip. It means nothing. No, you guys are dead, right? He's he's not he's not he's not the same guy he once was. I will say, I will say though, he's a professional. Even though, like you said, he hasn't dunked in almost two years or going on two years at this point, he still has the ability, and this is the gift of the past for a big man. He's developed a jump shot. He's going to play at maximum, at maximum if Steve Nash actually has control of the locker room of about 17 minutes. Maybe I, I would probably play him only 12 in general. I mean, just thinking about the lineup as, as it stands. But he's going to be able to put in some serviceable minutes. I do think it's a bit of cronyism. I think that there's a little bit of that element going on where they want, they want the boys in. This is one for the boys. This championship is going to be for the boys. All right. It's going to be for all the boys. It's the Saturday Saturday of championships is what you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. It's the Saturday of championships and it's going to be one for the boys and it's going to be one for Jersey. Okay. This is all, all the Jersey fans that stayed strong, all the ones that stayed in when we did terrible moves and, we're just middling and we thought we would get excited about Paul Pierce and, and Kevin Garnett and that whole team with, with Brooke Lopez and Darren Williams and Joe Johnson. And that folded like a bad freaking deck of cards. And I'll tell you, Blake Griffin, the signing really doesn't mean too much, but I agree with you, Abens. We didn't address the need big at big. They're going to need a legitimate rim stuffer. But at the same time, I kind of have liked seeing when they go a Kyrie, James Harden, Joe Harris, and then even a Jeff Green and, and Kevin Durant type of lineup. I think that is their strongest lineup. Jeff Green's a professional. He can play some defense. They don't have a rim, they don't have a rim protector. That's a given. But if you can keep it so that everyone's on the run, then you don't really need that element. So that, maybe, that's the lineup I'm waiting for. Maybe they could go out and get a guy like uh, Jared Allen. <laughs> oh man, dude. Honestly, if we if if for some reason the the Cavs like took DeAndre Jordan instead of my my Jared Allen. Who I was banging the table for as it, it would be it would be o- it would be over it would oh, be the, the, well, the next two three years two three years done Mark i've it. also i've also seen that uh homes from the kings is in the news when it comes to the net so they might make yeah. a run at him um i would love him i just think i just think when it comes down to playoff time um i think this is why you know we don't talk about the warriors like we used to um obviously they're, they're not what they were before but when Andrew Bogut was there playing solid minutes at the big man position it was really hard for any team to stop them um and I just think if they can get someone like that not DeAndre Jordan because at the end of the day DeAndre Jordan is not who he was but if you get a uh, someone like Holmes who's young who can rebound who can run who jumps can catch alleys I think that's a that's more of a it'll make it easier for them to get to the finals I still don't really see anyone stopping them I do think that the Philly, once they're healthy, Joel is going to be fine. Um, I think they have the best puncher's chance. But right now, I think it's for them to lose in the East. They're they're absolutely with the team they have right now. They're absolutely shellacking the Spurs as we speak. I, I got the game on on another screen, but um, yeah, I I think I think you guys are spot on. If they could get Holmes, that would be crazy. Holmes is Holmes is really good. There's not a no lot way. of people. Yeah, I don't, no how, we, I don't know how. I don't know how. Capital. Yeah, we how do you? Capital. I don't know how you get him. But if you did, that would be awesome because you know that's that's a league pass. He's a league pass legend this year. Uh, he's on you know the late nights, ten thirty p.m. Eastern time games. Always got the Suns on there, and you got Rashawn Holmes just doing dirty work down low, and he, uh, winning, winning the Kings, winning winning the Kings uh, some games. So that would exactly. be crazy. Exactly. I think the only outside chance they would have to do that, and I'm, I'm not really supportive of this move or this potential concept, but it would have to be a package that includes Spencer Dinwiddie. Bottom line, it would have to oh, be yeah. something of a futures deal. We don't have draft picks, like uh, unless someone's going to get swindled by us moving Tyler Johnson, like which is not going to happen. Well, I was going to say you would have to value. move. You would like, probably yeah, you'd probably have to move Dinwiddie or someone. It would have to be Dinwiddie. It would have to be a couple be, players or a couple but, but players. Is moving Dinwiddie that much of a loss? As long as you guys get a ring this year, I think. I think the Nets just really want a ring. They're really going all in. I mean, if you went out and got Blake, you're talking about getting homes. Seems like you're all in about going and getting this chip. I I agree, but <laughs> I also think that Dinwiddie for Holmes is just a terrible trade. Like for you could get a lot more for Dinwiddie in my 
in my opinion. I think you can get a lot more for homes too. That guy actually is really good. And you, and all right, this is me about to go on on a 30 second tangent here. So just pre-warning, pre-warning. Who the hell actually wants Hassan Whiteside? What is all this rumors about Hassan Whiteside moving? Why are the Lakers interested? Why is any team interested? He shouldn't be in the NBA. I'll say it. I'll say it. And when he shows up at my house with like his gaming t-shirt on and some kind of like weird headphones that's off brand around his neck and be like, I heard what you said about me. I'm going to be like, I don't care. You're terrible. Slam the door on his face. No, I'm out on him. Done with Hassan. All right, all right. I feel you on That's that. That's a hot take right there. I, 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 I I've never been from. a Hassan Whiteside fan myself, Chris. I didn't even know he was in the league. I don't think I've seen the dude in a Kings jersey this year yet. So, I don't know. I don't know. you got to tell he me. Plays, he only plays when Rashawn Holmes is injured. That's it. Yeah. yeah, the last time I saw him, he was in the bubble just doing one of his one – his, like, I don't know. He's just a weird dude to me. All right, let's talk about let's let let's 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 pick up another topic here. So I think you know I think the Denver Nuggets have been one of those teams where it's like they need one more guy. They were talk they've been talking a lot about moving Gary Harris. They have been or they haven't been, but I've been hearing a lot in the uh, inter interwebs about them moving Gary Harris. Where do you think Gary Harris fits, and what do you think they need to 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 replace him with? And what have what have you guys what have you guys picked up on? That's a tough one. Um, I think they're a little dysfunctional right now, the Nuggets. Um, I heard of Gary Harris's name. I've even heard of MPJ possibly uh, being offloaded to get somebody else. The Nuggets right now, I think uh, they need a third bona fide scorer, go-getter, whatever you want to call it. Um, They have a lot of talent on that team, and I, I believe they also have draft picks. So I think they can definitely make a splash during the trade deadline. Uh, Gary Harris, I feel like he came into the league. Um, he was solid, solid. He is still a solid defender. Um, the three was always there with him. He developed a nice little drive game, but, um, he's kind of been quiet. I haven't really been hearing about him that much this year. Um, and I just think he has underperformed. Um, I don't think he's at where the Nuggets would have thought he'd be at this far into his career with the Nuggets. So it's tough. Um, I don't know who they can go out and get. I mean, there's a lot of players out there right now. There's a lot of guard play, a lot of go-getters out there that you can possibly go after. But, um, I mean, we've talked about Zach Levine and and uh, Bradley Beal all season, but the Wizards are doing well now. So I don't know if they're trying to offload Bradley Beal. Um, Zach Levine, he's heavy with the ball in his hands, but he could also be a scorer. So mm, that's a tough one. 84 million, Gary Harris's contract. It's a lot for a guy like Gary Harris. Yeah, and I don't know who's going to take that. Chris, any thoughts on that? I I I think it's funny when you think about Gary Harris because I feel like I feel like the Denver Nuggets assumed that he could be the CJ to what Jamal Murray is. I feel like they expected that their tandem to to grow into something. I'm going to say a B. No, no, no. no. (laughs) I'm going to say a B minus version of what the Dean and CJ McCollum show is a B minus version. Nothing crazy, but just a B minus version. Have you? He showed at Michigan State. He was a baller. Uh, no, great player, all all above. But at this in in college. But one thing I will say is for Gary Harris, there's a lot of guys like him out there. There's like a lot of guys out there. So I I don't I, he's overvalued in terms of his contract. Obviously, he has taken the right steps. But I do think there's an issue that that exists between Malone and Michael Porter Jr. Because I think offensively, Michael Porter Jr. is capable of being that third guy. And I don't know what the friction is, but just just hearing hearing rumors, hearing things in the media, and then just seeing how like the minutes dispersion and how everything kind of works out on the court, I think there's an issue there. And I can tell you what it is. I can tell you. I can tell you what it is. What do you guys call it? The the eye the eye test. I saw it last year in the bubble. He's selfish. At the end of the day, MPJ, from what I've seen and how I've seen him play, he's a selfish player. And I think Stop last year it. in the bubble, no, I'm, I'm not even kidding, bro. Last year in the bubble, I saw it a lot. There's a lot of passes. Actually, see the way a team works, the way a team He's is successful. 20, what is he? Twenty. I just want to put put twenty twenty years. What a green light in the bubble in the playoffs. He's twenty. I'm just I'm listen, saying, give him give him a little bit of time. 
Yeah, little bit of time. To exactly. So I actually agree with Evans. I'm on Evans' side on this. I exactly, and that and that that dude's rocking, walking around thinking he's got a freaking anaconda. Exactly, exactly. So I saw it last year in the bubble. He was, I won't lie, he was killing right before the playoffs started in the bubble. Everybody's hyping him up, and I'm, hey, listen, good for him. But come playoff time, it was a lot of times I saw where he didn't make that extra pass. He shot it. I saw him, I saw his teammates put their heads down and kind of just run back. Um, there was a lot of friction that was developing that others probably didn't see. But I, I'm a, I'm very analytical when I watch the game. I, I like to see how players react when another one's doing well, and that's how you know if a team's successful or not. And I think that's why the Lakers were so success, successful because Rajon Rondo, um, what's his name, um. Uh, uh, Contavious Codwell Pope, who wasn't bowling for the longest, but come playoff time, hey, he's still getting the ball. He's still doing all the little things. And I don't think MPJ was doing the little things in the bubble. He was just trying to score a lot. Um, and I think, you know, for what the Nuggets are trying to build out there, it's not what they want. I saw Jamal Murray and MPJ like grill each other a couple of times. Like, where they were like, yo, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, exactly. And he's a young buck, you know. And he so, wants to shine. They he wants to shine. He wants they to shine. They trade MPJ, and that fan base, first of all, will flip a fuck. They, they will flip a shit. Because Harry, me, MPJ is 20 years old. Yeah, you could ask me a question. Yeah. Go ahead. I feel like going into this season, people expected the Denver Nuggets to be the what the Utah Jazz currently are. Exactly. And I, that's... And what Avens is kind of referring okay. to in terms of the selfishness that kind of can exist within a player, even a 20-year-old Michael Porter Jr. And I think he's a great talent, a great player. I think he should be the third option. But I think there's, if you look at the Utah Jazz, there's great coaching and the players know their lane. They know their role. They do their job and they do the little things. Yep. And that's the reference point I'm making. So in that context, do you see where we're coming from? Oh, I totally see where you're coming from, but I think that's a different conversation than MPJ's individual flaws. I think that's a team, that's that's an organizational issue, not necessarily MPJ issue. I think we've seen Jamal Murray also not play up to nearly as much expecta- high expectations as we had of him. He's not playing up to that. And so I don't think you could put the the all of the blame on the 20-year-old guy that, you know, is still... Bro, like Anthony Davis grew like seven feet when he was 20 or something, whatever. Like he grew from like six one to, to seven feet. This guy could have a growth spurt. This guy's still not done growing mentally or physically yet. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it's way too early to call him selfish and say that he's not. And he might be right now. He might be right now. I agree with you right now, but it's not, I think it's too early to give up on him and, and, and trade him away. Re- reference check, reference check. Uh, I see that check, Russell Westbrook. Yo, hey, listen, I'm just talking to my IT guys in the back. Um, he's 22, turning 23 in a couple months. All right, whatever. 20, I'm not, but I'm not, I'm but not calling him Russell Westbrook. I'm not saying that yeah. he's going to be a selfish player for his entire career. But yeah, I think no, it's development. Moment, I will agree with you, Harry, on that. Yeah, he moment. will develop. But for the team that is there right now, you have to adjust to the team that surrounds you. And they already had a pretty solid team without you. If anything, there's something you could do to help be that lockup defender. Um, offensively, we know he's got game, but I think Mike Malone, he's a, he's a city guy. He's, he's from Queens, New York. You know, he's tough. He's gritty. He's one of those guys that wants players to be dogs. Got to go out and get it. Got to play defense. It's not just all about the scoring and taking all the shots. And I, I think- agree. I agree. But Jamal Murray or Donovan Mitchell is, the reason that the Utah Jazz are what they are, and Jamal mm-hmm. Murray is the reason that the Denver Nuggets are what they are. So I think put if some, anybody put, that put some respect on the headmaster's name, I love I I love Jamal Murray. Name. I love Jamal Murray, but he hasn't played up to expectations. He hasn't played up to expectations, and Donovan Mitchell has surpassed them. I don't think that MPJ is why oh, the Utah fair. Jazz are who the Utah Jazz are, and the Nuggets are who the Nuggets are. I don't think I think it's the the point guard game is gotta be one of the main differences and you know the the jazz had three all-stars like they're they're a really solid team and they have great role players i just think it's a completely different conversation is my point i do have to say though jamal murray is on a massive hot streak so he is he is is now he is now the the headmaster well done dude well done and come playoff time we know what we're gonna get from jamal murray it's like he turns it up a different level but hopefully i don't know man i don't know what the nuggets are gonna do I know that they have a lot of those options to be traded, 
they could probably, like I said, they could benefit from that third score that MPJ obviously is not in the system right now. So I hey. was thinking, I was thinking, what about, what about this name drop right here real quick? Maybe if, what, what if they could get like a Brandon Ingram from the Pelicans? I've heard his name being tossed around a little bit because, you know, it's tough. He plays on that team. Like he's the main guy and clearly Zion is and ready to be the guy on that team, on whatever team he's on. Zion is an absolute dog. Tough that he can't shoot or not, not as well as you would like, but I've, I have heard Brandon Ingram's name thrown out as, you know, a trade option for the Pelicans. Is there a potential, you know, MPJ Gary Harris for Brandon Ingram situation? And is that enough? Do who's, who says no there? Oh man. If I, I mean, I think New Orleans would say no. I think New Orleans would say no. Yeah. I don't think to so. To be honest. That's tough. And that's, and, that's, that's, that's not a bad trade. It's not a bad, it's trade. Not a bad trade at all. But I think New Orleans, if, if you were holding under my head and say who would say no, I think New Orleans would be the one because we know that Brandon Ingram has he he's is for sure at at worst case that he could be the third best player on a championship team if you have two other requisite bona fide studs next to him. Michael Porter Jr., we would hope that he can get there. We don't know that. So that's why I think it would at the end of the day, you know Brandon. Yeah, I was gonna say you probably have to put in something else if you're the Nuggets, but I just don't know what it is. And you know, hey, and, and you know, it's funny you brought up brought up Noah. I was thinking of this when you were talking about uh, Gary Harris. I think he's like a Josh Hart, and I think Josh Hart's more valuable. Honestly, they play defense. They they're the three and D guys, but Josh Hart's got a lot of upside just because he's very core savvy and he's just a tough player out there. The little things, guys. The little things. I gotta say, Harry, Abens and I are opening up just just locked in with each other here. So just locked in with each other. I'm, I'm I got to play I'm devil's David. advocate. I gotta, David, Listen, I hear that. But, Joe, you know what I've been hearing? The Boston Celtics want to make a move, a big move. And um, it was first reported on, on uh, Let's Talk, um, where the discussion got personal. <laughs> I have sources telling me that the Boston Celtics, you know, Danny Ainge is over there at TD Garden in his office right now, making calls, making moves. What I'm hearing is that they're trying to get uh, a solid forward to go along with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. So two names that have come up. First one, like I said, he's got a ring already. Um, plays for the Kings, uh, Barnes. I'm not saying that's the move that they should go for. Second name, though. Second name, though. Listen to this one. And they've really been talking about going after this dude and, you know, giving up some assets if they have to. Jeremy Grant from the Detroit Pistons. I know it's a scary sight for you, Chris, because I know you know that man. And and just real quick, I just want to put this out there as well, because I also heard this, but I think it's gone. Vucevic is off the table, right? The Magic. I'm pretty sure I saw that the Magic took him off the table in any trade deal. I know he was on the but table. He was, he, was, he was in a lot of discussions with the Celtics, including the Celtics. That's why I just yeah, want to make Celtics sure. Celtics as well. Yep. I just want to make sure. I think he's off the table, but according to – so what do you what do you what, what do y'all think about that? What if the Celtics were to go out and get a Jeremy Grant for their playoff push? We Harry, know what you go first. Wait, Harry, please. Before go you guys first. say anything, before you guys say anything, the reason that one of the biggest reasons that the Denver Nuggets beat Kawhi and PG last year was because Grant was guarding Kawhi and PG. All right, I, I see that. I actually like Grant a lot more than Harrison Barnes in this scenario. I'm not saying in gen, you know, in general they're different players. I probably still like Jeremy Grant more just in just in overall. general. But, yeah. but but I really don't like Harrison Barnes for the Celtics. I feel like that's another Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They already have two Harrison better Harrison Barnes on their team. Why do you need another? You know, and I've heard the same thing. I heard that that they were looking at getting him, and Celtics fans were excited about it. I was like, "You guys need a big man. You need that Vucevic. You need that guy." And Jeremy Grant, while you know he's not a Vucevic, he's you know he's a deadly scorer. He's a lockdown defender. All Six of a sudden, nine. all of a sudden, the Celtics are one of the best defensive teams. Yep, and that's and, and that's exactly what I was thinking because you got Robert Williams at center with these. Those are, uh, they play off each other really well coming off the bench and whatnot. 
And then you got six, eight, six, eight, and six, nine forwards, small forwards, small forwards. Like that's tough, man. That's going to be a tough out, especially in the East where it's grinded out come playoff time. And with Brad Stevens as a head coach, I guess. And Brad Stevens. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Let me, let me, let me address this. Let me address this. <laughs> Cause I'm going to just read some tea leaves. I have no inside scoop. I have no inside knowledge, but I think the signing and maintaining Tristan Thompson on this team is just an albatross right now around Danny Ainge's neck. Oh, we forgot about this dude. Dan, like Daniel Tice and Robert Williams, Robert Williams should be playing at 24 minutes a game. At least, at least he should not be relegated to 17 minutes. And he's, he's not a perfect product, but he's talented and they can develop into something good. And I, and I think they're trying to do that. I think they're doing that behind the scenes, not necessarily doing it in game, but I think Daniel Tice is also a good player too. I don't think he's, he's a serviceable big. Jeremy Grant makes 100% more sense to me than Harrison Barnes. However, Harrison Barnes has been playing well when the Kings decide to go small and they play him at the four. And Harrison Barnes was the same guy that actually would play at the four when he was back in Golden State. So it's, it's, it makes sense on paper. The issue that I have at the end of the day is that when you look at the lineup of Kemba, Jalen, Tatum, insert Harrison Barnes and, and, or, uh, and or Jeremy Grant, as well as a Robert Williams or Daniel Tice, I don't think that even sniffs my Brooklyn Nets starting lineup. I don't think that even... I don't think I don't think that they are within sniffing distance. Oh come and on! I don't think they can stop. This is what we're doing. We're just going to compare everybody. That's to the exactly next. what I'm going to do, Harry. Because <laughs> I am pumped up, and this has been 20 damn years, but since I've actually been able to have a conference. Oh, you're talking to two Knicks team. fans here, all right? Don't I don't have sympathy for you. You occasionally have the rational confidence of the Knicks. You, you guys were telling me earlier this year that all oh, the they're Knicks, nice. The Knicks, I, I'm liking what nice we're building. Now. I'm liking what we're building. And well, you're, I will, I will be happy for you when the Knicks have you're, a championship. You're, you're rushing into, excited. you're rushing into your relationship. We're trying to take it slow, you know, build the uh, relationship and and make it more everlasting. I'm not gonna just, lie, than just the next couple of years. This relationship with the Nets, this has been like a <laughs> long time. heavy for you guys. It, oh, it's been a long time. It's been a long time of a tease. And finally, you, we got to this in the bedroom. Yeah. Boise, Brooklyn. Hey, listen, I feel your pain, man. But I'm just saying, look out for the Celtics if they make that move. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to playoffs, you got to hit your shots and you got to play defense. And if you have a pretty solid defense with some solid scores on there, it's not going to be an easy road. I, yeah, I, I 100% agree. All right, I'll be up to be back to realistic to to take off my my nets my nets shaded glasses. It would be a good move for the Celtics. It would make them, as you referred to, a tough out. I think it would make them more dangerous to Philly than it would to the Brooklyn or to a contender out from the West. Actually, it probably would make them a like a, compared to the contenders out in the West. Like you said, Anthony Davis not healthy. The Clippers have some flaws. Utah obviously is really great, but they have some flaws in terms of just top end superstar talent. It would be a good move. And I think it would solidify their chances as being a, a, pre- a, a team to watch for in the next year, two years, three years. And I think they're getting, they're, they're looking getting very, very tired of, of waiting for Brant, for Brad Stevens to take the next step as team. So I can see that being it. They're missing, you know, they're really missing Gordon Hayward this year, really missing Gordon Hayward this year, which is something I don't think they would have thought last year they you know he didn't play nearly as well as he was expected to obviously had that horrific injury to start his Celtics career but yeah they're really missing just that wing defender who can create his own shot and he didn't play as well as they wanted him to he's not probably still not worth the money he gets paid on the Hornets but he is definitely a big hole on that team um, right now so Jeremy Grant could fill that hole. So, hey, <laughs> let's see what happens. Listen, that's a possibility. I just want to touch base on them because I feel like in the East, um, you know, we, we look at the, the teams that might make the playoffs, but we know what's going to happen. They're going to get bounced first round. Then you have middle of the pack slash contenders who have a shot. And then you have the team that it's their championship to lose. It's the Nets. So that I feel like there's three teams right now. It's the Clippers, the Lakers. Lakers are going to get healthy. They're going to be back. They're going to be fine. Um, and the Nets. So it's for them to lose, and then the you Jazz? have those. What? 
I thought you just said the Jazz were coming out of the West. No, no, exactly. But I'm saying, I'm saying it's for those three teams, it's for them to lose. And I said the Jazz, I, I do believe they can make it into the Western Conference Finals. I do believe they can knock off the Clippers. I think they're really solid. I think the Lakers are going to end up with the number two or number one seed. Um, but that's neither here nor there. All I'm saying is what can these other teams like the Jazz, who can the Jazz get? I mean, I'm hearing Ola Deacons on the market. I don't know if that's a good sidekick for uh, Donovan Mitchell, but I'm also hearing Oladipo to the Knicks. I, I don't, don't know, change man. anything if I'm the Jazz right now. But like with you. next next year, sure. I I don't disrupt that flow right now. Question: yeah. If you, you have an opportunity to go out and get Bradley Beal, do you do it as a Jazz owner? Right. Bradley Beal, but we're That's not. That's an exception. What do you get? Okay. To give well, up Donovan Mitchell for the Bradley yeah, Beal? No, 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 no. You're not giving up Donovan Mitchell. But you have to to get Bradley. You have to Beal. give up something. I mean, like yeah, yeah you, you can give up a lot of draft picks and a lot of collateral damage. But I'm not giving up Mitchell. You, they're not going to take that. The Wizards. Hey, no, listen, you'd have to give up like every pick for the next 10 years, maybe. Or but. Rudy Gobert, which would absolutely <laughs> or Gobert, which defensive dismantles, sets. dismantles their team also. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't, I don't know if I, it's tough for them to trade right now because of the lack of star power at the top, which is something that you said, right? Like they well, play and, so and, well and as that, a cohesive unit. But, and that's why I'm asking because I feel like teams that middle of the pack slash contenders, they could use another stud to take him over the top. And I think that's why if the Celtics were to make that Jeremy Grant move, I, I you know, it gives him a puncher's chance. I feel like well, I like the Jazz as a team that doesn't need that. I feel like the Jazz play, you know, we've heard it. I've, we've heard me say it. I've heard it in other places as well. They remind me so much of the old, like the 2014 Spurs where they had like, they still had Ginobili, Parker and Duncan, but you had the old versions and then you had Kawhi, who's obviously now, you know, one of the best players in the league at the time. He was a really good player, not one of the best in the league. So they weren't, they didn't have this superstar but, lineup. But they were also proven. They were also proven. Those were three future Hall of Famers, maybe four with Kawhi. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But And I, I think that, and, and I think their system works so well just because I think their system, the Spurs system has always kind of been the same. You know, it's kind of been, Let's move the ball. Let's play basketball. Let's play high IQ. Let's play defense together. It's very, it's, it's interconnected. So I think, Hey, listen, I agree. The jazz, like I said, with the team they have right now, I can see them getting to the Western conference finals. I just don't know if they have enough of a punch to actually be in the Western conference finals and win the Western conference finals. That's all I'm saying. So I I actually agree with both of you. I think the thing at at the end of the day, this is where I'll lean toward. I I think you guys are both right. But I think where, what Harry's saying and what the Jazz are thinking too is they're getting absolutely the most out of everyone that they have on the team. Where there's a square peg, where there's a square hole, there's a square peg. Where there's a round hole, there's a round peg. Like everyone's fitting, everyone's clicking. And like you said, like, do we know if, the, if this is enough? We don't. We can assume, but with how they've been playing, we have to, like you said, give them the puncher's chance. And I think that the organization and Quinn Snyder and all the players are saying, I think there's no doubt in their minds that they can try to do something. So they want to let it ride and they're going to, they're going to let this season play out. And like Harry said, if it doesn't work out, then you look to reshuffle the deck and see what else you can pull or what changes might need to be made to take it to the next level. If there is one, but as of this moment, they're still playing like the best team in in basketball. So you got it. They, they have that confidence. Another team real quick, and then we'll move on. But another team they actually remind me of is the, uh, the Mavs, the championship Mavs. Because I just feel like they're they're a team that they were also playing really well like during the season, during the playoffs, and just never they had Dirk, but that was it. They didn't have all the stars that you know the Miami had or any of these other teams back in you know the Lakers um, back in the day. So yeah, I don't I don't know. I guess I just think that they have just a good they have a great coach, not good, a great coach, great ownership which is important. They have a team that believes in what they're doing and they just have a cohesive unit that's going to be fired up during the playoffs, especially when you consider the fact that people are going to think that they're underdogs from round, probably round, probably starting the Western conference finals on people are going to have them as underdogs, even though they have the best team, put it, play some bets on them, (laughs) even though they're the best team in the league. I have a thought. They're going to have that underdog, that underdog, you know, mentality. I got a thought on this and I'm going to make a a brash comparison here, but 
do it up. Greg, Greg Popovich and the Spurs have been known of, as creating systems, creating environments where people will fit the role more so than anything else. We've seen Donovan Mitchell in the bubble last year in the first round of the playoffs go absolutely the fuck off. Do you think that because of the system, we are undervaluing Donovan Mitchell's status? If Underrated. he was on, Underrated if he was player. on any team and they just took, took the collar off and they took the chain off and they just let him run, this man could be someone that, like, I think that we have – and I don't know this to be a fact, but based on what we saw last year, I'm curious to hear, do you think that that system has some kind of influence in what we, and even after the all-star game and the choices that were made and having Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell sitting there at the end of the table or at the, at the last end of the line when they were picking pickup teams, basically, like, how do you, how I do was, you reconcile that? I was actually going to say, I, I forgot to say it earlier, but you just reminded me, I was going to say the jazz are still somehow the most, one of the most underrated teams in the league. And that is mainly because I think Donovan Mitchell is one of the most underrated players in the league still. Um, I don't think people realize like how much of a big step he took from, you know, just last season, but a few months ago in the bubble to now he's just a, a complete, he's a very, he's a complete player. And we talked a lot about Jeremy Grant, and, and we talked a lot about, you know, in, in past episodes, how Jeremy Grant just wanted to go to the Pistons and score. And I think that's what Chris is alluding to. If he got that type of opportunity, what, he, we, what would he be doing? But he doesn't want that. That's what the difference is. I mean, there's a lot of qualities better, why Donovan Mitchell's better than Jeremy Grant. But that's the biggest difference between a guy like him and a guy like Jeremy Grant is Donovan Mitchell wants to win. He wants to win championships, multiple championships. And yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited about him. I think he's a great player and yeah, I just love, I, I love watching that team, man. Like, I mean, honestly, no one, no other team in the NBA, I like watching more right now, besides of course, my, my Knicks got to, got to support, but you know, for real though, the jazz, man, they're, they're, they're the real deal in my opinion. Yeah, like I said, I've been saying, Hey, I agreed. Um, when we talked about real him in or real him out, it was, it was before they went on this run, and I said, I do believe the Utah Jazz can go far this year. I think Donovan Mitchell, like, you know, I think I think it's funny you say that, Chris, you bring that up, because it's a lot of people that just talk down on him or, oh, he, you know, he uh, they were up 3-1, and, you know, then they did this. But when he first came in the league, he took off – he took out OKC when they had Melo, Paul George, and uh, Westbrook. Um and then they lost to Houston with Chris Paul and Harden, but it was a tough series. He didn't have the best shooting, and I think that helped him. And then we never talk about him having another superstar to help him. He's been doing it by himself this whole time. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. But I think he's still a dog. You put him in any other system that's not a, a very – I say this system is a, like, like Chris, like you said, uh, every – you know, they haven't unleashed his full potential because he's playing within the system. Um, I, so I think he's yeah. a dog. I think he's a baller. And I think he's going to take Utah this year to the Western Conference Finals. I, I really do. Yeah, man. Love it. Love it. Um, all right. So last topic I wanted to bring up, because I did hear a little bit about it, is, or I guess there's kind of two things, right? We talked about Oladipo a little bit. But so I've heard Oladipo and the Knicks potentially having something there, which is pretty exciting. But another guy that people have been talking about going to the Knicks, right. I don't know if this is true. I don't know if this is actually happening in the front offices or if it's just propaganda, but Lonzo Ball. Apparently there are talks that Lonzo Ball wants out of Charlotte and he his dad has said he wants his son Wait, to be in New York. LaMelo? LaMelo or Lonzo? Or, sorry, LaMelo. LaMelo, excuse me. LaMelo Ball. Lamelo Ball. Lamelo. Yeah. Charlotte. Lamelo. Yep. Charlotte Lamelo. Now this is breaking news. And, this is breaking news. And <laughs> because I know Alonzo was on the market. I didn't know Lamelo Ball was on the market to the Knicks. So they would have to give up. They would have to give up quickly, right? Or like quickly and RJ. RJ. They would have to give up a lot. 
They so my not. question is, my question is, okay, that's, the, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm I with you. I would do it in a heartbeat if I was you guys. Dude, no. what? I, I would give up quickly in RJ for, for Lamelo right now. Right this moment. Oh, just quickly in RJ. I don't think. Oh, we, if it was, if it was quickly in RJ. I don't think we would be able uh, to do that. Even if it was next two first round picks uh, and, right, me, you guys have, I would do it right now. I would do it right now. Uh, something along those lines, I, I would do it in a heartbeat. Listen. I think. I mean, that's a that's a bad man. No, we're not doing that. The Knicks aren't going to do that because we're actually doing it right this year. We're actually finally starting to build from the bottom up. Let's not give up the young talent that we have growing. If players want to come and play, come and play. But, but you're not, we're not gonna, we're not going to give up young talent. But we're but but look look at the instance. Lamelo, this is Lamelo Ball's first season, and the fact that this is even out there that his dad is influencing to do something like this. You saw what happened with Lonzo. When they had the whole BBB and they had uh, the guy that was supposed to be holding down the money and they lost over a million dollars in revenue or something like that. Yep. And, you know, that's why Lonzo kind of, you know, straight away from him. Um, so if I could tell, if I could say anything to LaMelo right now is focus on your game. You, you're playing in Charlotte He's right nice. now. He's you're nice. not going to get traded. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're not going to trade They're him. not going to do it no matter what he says. Yeah. Yeah. He's too young. <laughs> it's not about to happen. Untradeable. But this just goes to show LaVar Ball. He can't keep his mouth shut. He really and that's can. the problem with LeVar Ball because he got uh, – he lost a lot of money for Lonzo, and it also became – he became an antagonist. Like, it was kind of annoying after a while. Like, let your son play in the NBA. He's in the NBA. He made it to the NBA. We know you helped him, but let your son play. Let him develop as a man. Let him develop as the player. And uh, I just – listen, I just think he does a little too much. So – 100%. LeVar, 100%. But at the same time, like – if you look at LaMelo, that guy already is someone like he, he is two rungs above what RJ Barrett is already at this moment in time. That guy, the kid is special. He's the best player that came out of this draft already. I'll say it. I'll say it again. We had a whole debate on it in a previous podcast. So please check out our rookie of the year stuff too, because that was great. Great debate about him and Tyrese Halliburton early in the season. I believe that LaMelo's on uh, Harry G's t- fantasy team also. So he might, he might've started to pick up more. No, no, he's not. He's not? All right, whatever. <laughs> Either way, he should be. He should be. I have Tyrese, and I love He should Tyrese, be. I'll, I'll take him. <laughs> but no, it, it's just you look at you look at what LaMelo can do. I would take that deal in a heartbeat. But going back to, like, like Harry, how how do you actually view that yourself? Like, the idea of that of LaMelo saying that he's – or LaVar saying LaMelo's available. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if it's just propaganda. Like, it's I don't know if it's, I don't even know if, like, at this point, I don't even know if LeVar said it or someone just said LeVar said it because it's, because it sounds so believable. It sounds like something like he definitely would say about, about one of his sons. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know how, how Charlotte trades LaMelo Ball. It doesn't make sense. Like, and I don't know how the Knicks trade for LaMelo Ball without blowing up their entire team. So it doesn't make any sense. All and I know LeVar, is LaVar can literally like fuck off. Like yeah. honestly, for lack of a better term. Yeah, but all oh, I know with is you guys. LaVar's undefeated. LaVar's never lost. Never lost. <laughs> not, not my sons. Not my sons. <laughs> and then <laughs> so Oladipo though, a little more a little more of a possibility there. What do we think about that? Is there any trade possibility with the Knicks? I think, you know, they probably got to give up, you know, Randall plus. What? Yo, you guys are undervaluing our Knicks players right now. I'm kind of getting tired of it. We're not just just saying what we would have to give up. I'm not saying what I think about it. Can we just take his contract on? Can it just be a, because I believe, who did they get when when he went to Indiana? Because he's got a contract that we got to deal with. We're not going to give up Randall for Oladipo. I'm sorry. Oladipo, he's very inconsistent to me right now. And he's been injury prone. But we um, would have to. We would have to give up something like that. That's what I'm yeah, saying. We're not going to get – listen, I'm Don't telling yell you, at me. I'm telling you what, what we would have to I'm do. I'm telling you, yeah, and I'm telling fast. you right now, that the Knicks are not going to give up Randall for – for Oladipo, who we don't know if, if he's 100% healthy right now. Um, and he's coming off a big injury. And the way he plays, he's a very explosive player. So I think, you know, the injury, the the it may happen again. I don't wish injury on anyone, but hey, that's a risk that you're gonna get with Oladipo. So I don't want that. I'm gonna surprise Harry and Abens here to the crowd. So so Oladipo and I, we have a couple mutual connections actually. 
So when I was a young buck, I was in Indiana. He was in Indiana. This is when he was playing down there. And what I'll say is, is a tremendous voice, fantastic voice. If you want to hear someone sing, fantastic. I've, I've heard him I, sing, and he can oh, dance beautiful, too. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, he can dance too. Of course, too. he can. He's, dude's an athlete. He had one of you know me sitting up in the top row of the stands. He had one of the sickest, almost dunks that ever happened. The man is is a freak. But I do have to say, at this point in his career, the injury prone thing does scare me. But I do think I, I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze. I agree with Abens on this. I, I think having Julius Randall right now, who's someone that Tibbs can play 48 minutes or 49 minutes if he's so chosen in an overtime game, like that's fine. I think Oladipo would be a bad fit for the style that Tibbs wants to play. If he if you told me and you were guaranteeing that Oladipo's gonna be 100 percent healthy or miss only like two or three or four games or whatnot a season, even eight games, I'll, I'll say that much too then I think it would make total sense just in terms of the talent and the upside, but I agree with Abens. Don't, not, I don't think don't he's reliable. He, I, I see him get injured all the time. And it's just kind of, it's always the same type of injuries from him trying to do some explosive move. And listen, he is a freak athlete, but he's getting he, older he in age. Too. He can shoot yeah. and fill the bucket, but yeah. Oh, he's yeah. A, and he could be a dynamic defender if he was healthy. I'm with you. I'm with you guys. Um, look how much, but I will say this. Look how bad the Pacers have been since losing him. And I know they didn't get back Karras, which is why, or they didn't get Karras, which is why, which is, which is why, you know, you can make this, you can clearly see this. They've been just so much worse since making that trade. So because they don't have, they don't have Oladipo anymore. I don't know though. I mean, they still, they're having a good season this year. They've been a perennial playoff team year after year. What are they? I don't know. Where where are they right now in the rankings? Who? The Pacers or the? Well, yeah, the they Pacers. actually just got Levert back last night and they beat the Phoenix Suns. Okay, so they're seventeen and twenty, but they were yeah, but before they, they made that hot, trade, yeah. they were like they started off the season really hot and then all they of were, a sudden lost like ten. Like yeah, so okay, they're seventeen and twenty, right? Yeah. But I'm saying losing Oladipo, getting Karis Levert back, or getting him at all is and enormous for them. But it's him and TJ Warren. Yeah. And you have Malcolm Brogdon, and you have DeMontis Sabonis, and you got Miles Turner. That, that's that's I, a serviceable team. I understand is, that. Is, that's is why like a, it's that's why it's so crazy, like how much they fell off immediately after making that trade. And that's my only sign that you know Oladipo might be real deal. Like I feel like that we go back and forth on this with him as a league, as a fan base year over year is like, is Victor Oladipo good? Like, or I think, I think he is good, but at this point in his career, he's been bounced. He went, he saw, he was in Orlando. Then he went to OKC. Then he went to Indiana. Now he's in Houston. I feel like he's getting passed around like a rag doll. And I just, I'm starting to get the use good vibes with him now. He, like, he needs, he needs to be the fourth or fifth guy in the championship team. Something line. like that. Yeah. The fourth but, or fifth but, but the position that he plays, that's kind of hard to, to be that, isn't it? Like the shooting guard position. I, I mean, feel like the Lakers, the Lakers are taking right now in a heartbeat. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy got passed around a little bit like that though. Jimmy did get passed around. That so, you know, I, I think that it just happens with some guys. I do agree that I don't think the Knicks can't blow up this team. Like even if you wanted to say they could potentially not have to trade Randall, but would have to give up like Barrett, or I feel like we're so dumpy on giving up Barrett, Harry. I think Barrett's been developing. It's a slow progression. I like but I'm I, not but giving up on him, though. You're 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 mixing my words. Don't twist my words for the audience here. I'm just saying Listen. this is what they would need to do to get Oladipo. This is but, all I'm saying. I'm not saying I feel one way or the other. I'm telling as, you the facts of Knicks what they would need to do. Yeah, as a Knicks fan, though, as someone who's been through the trenches as a Knicks fan, bro. This is the first time that I've actually seen a player slowly. It hasn't been as fast as I expected, but he's slowly developing into the player we want. And once the Knicks come back, I 100 percent agree with you. So I don't think I don't think the Knicks should make any type of moves unless it's Bradley Beal. I don't want to hear about R.J. Barrett, Randall, or IQ. I'd give up R.J. Barrett, Randall, and IQ for Bradley Beal right now. <laughs> All three. But, yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, you can't give up these guys for, for Victor Oladipo, who may or may not have, you know, you know how many years left of being, like, a stud athlete on, in this league. Probably not too many with his injuries. So, yeah, totally agree with that. But, hey, it's going to be an interesting rest of the season. 
lot more basketball left to go. Um, and yeah, really looking forward to it. The Knicks, I'll say this last one last thing about the Knicks, which I hate to say, but it's a straight fact. The first half of the season, we had the easiest schedule in the league. The second half of the season, we have the hardest schedule in the league based on current standings. So let's see what happens is what I'm saying. And I, while I'm excited and happy about what we've done already this season, I'm the type of person too that doesn't like to get too excited about things when it comes to the Knicks because of everything we've seen in the past. And you can't blame me for that. You can't blame me for that. So, hey, all I'm saying is keep an open mind. You never know what, what moves we can make, what we could do. We have a lot of great, uh, we have a lot of great assets, honestly. Young guys that can ball, that need to still, still have room to develop. We got an all-star in Julius Randle. And I'm not saying we should move him, but I'm saying keep an open mind. I hear you. I hear you. Keep an open mind. And, uh, and I'll just do my, my, my shout out. Um, this one is to a player from Brooklyn. Got to give a shout out just because he's been bowling all season. And there was the ups and downs in the beginning of the season, this and that. But I think he's really maturing. He's really growing. And it's as, as a point guard for me, it's, I love seeing a, another point guard play at top level. And that's Kyrie Irving. So shout out to Kyrie Irving. Keep doing your thing. Um, you've been bowling out all season. And, and, and listen, I see the bag of tricks you got. Because I was watching the game the other night on TNT. And listen, one-on-one, -on -one, it's a show to watch. I'm just like, wow. Wow. So shout out Kyrie. The earth isn't flat. Shout out Kyrie. <laughs> I really thought you were going James Harden there. I'm sorry. Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but I respect it. I respect it. Shout out Kyrie. MKA strong. MKA strong. Go shout, shout, shout out. You cost me like, what did I bet on him? 25 bucks that he wouldn't, or no, 50 bucks that he wouldn't score over 25 a game. I don't know where that exactly is, but I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm down on that bet. So, you know, keep doing what you're doing, but maybe score a few less points per game is, is all I ask. But anyway, yo, till next time, peace out. <laughs>